You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm honored to welcome in special guest, author, and speaker, Alexis Rose. Alexis began her remarkable journey of healing in 2009. Sparked by a family tragedy, she began to piece together for the very first time a personal history of abuse and trauma. Supported by her spirituality and writing, as well as family and friends, she profoundly has grown and changed over the years. While learning to live with the effects of her trauma and working with the deficits caused by PTSD, she has co-authored three inspirational books, and she is also an experienced speaker on the topics of living with PTSD, and she's also a blogger about her mental health journey, her survival of trauma, as well as some poetry sprinkled along the way. So let's welcome her in and learn some more about Alexis Rose. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I think that although our stories are very different, I think some of them have that underlying um, tone to them that we can all relate to. And, and you know, and like you, I have this passion for just uh, not being in the shadows anymore and, and, and talking about it and writing about it. And me, I am a survivor of some just terrible abuse and neglect. I had it all repressed. I thought I had it all repressed until about 10 years ago when um, a family tragedy uh happened and at that moment when I got the phone call it's I always say it's like my snow globe world shattered and I all of a sudden started having all these memories and um and some of them I I actually did had but uh I had a pretty pretty congruent dark past you know where I just said I didn't know anything or I couldn't remember anything. I just knew I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. But all this stuff started to come out in a in a pretty explosive way. You know, I just was having all these memories that I didn't know were memories and my life turned totally upside down as well as my family's. And um, I found myself not being able to work anymore. And I found myself um, having really, really bad PTSD, and I was dissociating, and um, and my past was coming out, and um, I wound up in therapy, um, a lot of therapy, and I'm still in therapy, uh, and with that, I, through years of therapy, because I didn't really want to go there, I now have my past. I have a congruent timeline. I know what my past is. And although it's uncomfortable, it's, it's comfortably uncomfortable to know what it is. And I'm very happy that I know what happened to me versus 
you know, living under this cover story that my, um, that I was trying to create just for protection for myself. I tell you, your uh, story does indeed, um, you know, have, have similarities like mine. You mentioned uh, the memories that you weren't sure, <clears throat> excuse me, were, were memories and a past that you couldn't really put together. And, you know, you knew that there were things that you dealt with as a child, but you just weren't really sure how it all fit together. And I was in a similar boat um, as many survivors are. And one thing you mentioned that kind of struck a chord with me too was you mentioned about having a timeline. And I don't know if when you were in therapy, if you did this, I know I did it where I actually sat down and wrote out, you know, like a timeline drawing or, you know, uh, um, illustration of as much as I can remember throughout, you know, obviously various sessions. It wasn't all at one time, but Mm -hmm. that really helped me put things into perspective and really helped me kind of. I guess, understand a bit more as to what was going on. And it didn't really make me feel better so much, but it actually, but it was kind of comforting in a way that, you know, as you mentioned, there were so many pieces and parts of a past and things we didn't remember that when you can finally get a timeline together, it does help your healing a lot because you can say, you know, yes, all these horrible things happened to me or, you know, all these different types of, uh, you know, things uh, occurred in my life and, you know, whether they were good or, 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 you know, not so good, Now I at least know kind of when they happened and that they happened and I have some more information. That's a big part of healing that I think sometimes we don't always, um, you know, mention enough is that so oftentimes as survivors, we don't remember a lot about our past. And once we work through therapy, uh, you know, or with a trauma-informed coach or, you know, some type of counselor, when you get to a point where where you can put it all down on paper, it is, it is very helpful. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know there's a couple schools of thoughts on that, but I totally agree. And and you're right, it does take time because each time we remember something, well, that's something you have to process. And, you know, sometimes that can be a very slow process. And one of the things that I would often do at the beginning is I would go to therapy and I'd have all these memories and we'd, you know, really get some you know, some good information. And then I would leave and I would immediately just forget about it. I didn't want to go there. It was fine for therapy, but it's, I'd get in the car and drive home and, and it was as if I didn't talk about it. It was just so painful and kind of overwhelming and I didn't have enough tools in place. But as we got, um, you know, as I got more comfortable and we just really started to, to you know, piece things together of my past and um, I became trusting and I felt a little safer um, because nothing happened to me when I would leave because, you know, safety was a big issue and probably is for a lot of survivors, um, our perceived safety versus our real safety. And sometimes it's perceived and real um, safety issues. But I found as I was going through therapy and we did have that kind of congruency and I did start to trust that what I was saying was true, I learned to forget how to forget, which was huge for me because all of a sudden I couldn't, I couldn't cleave off the past nor could I cleave off my therapy sessions. And so, yeah, it just became, I, I don't know, I just felt I don't know. It just, it just, I, I just felt more of a person, if, if that makes sense. You know, I didn't have a lot of personness 
in me. And I became, you know, just more of a person because I had a past. And it was interesting because I would say these things as these memories would emerge. I would say these things to my therapist and I'd say, did that just come out of my mouth? And what was interesting is I wouldn't believe it cognitively because this can't be true, but there was nothing inside of me. There was no, no anything, no emotions, no feeling. There was nothing that said this isn't true. Everything rang true like cellularly, but in my head I just didn't want to believe it. So I think once I started to trust, myself and what um what i was saying was true then the healing really started to to help i just kind of went on a different trajectory of healing yeah that's so true and and you had mentioned about how you had to forget how to forget which i thought was a very cool statement because for me initially like i was kind of the opposite when i when i first started working with a therapist um, I was like so hell bent on trying to do everything and learn everything and like, and, and analyze everything that it consumed me to the point where I went in the opposite direction. And like, I never took time to forget, you know, so to speak, forget, um, so, yeah. you know, like I didn't take time to unwind and to give myself a break. I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm in therapy for an hour and now I'm going to go home and I'm going to do all this homework and I'm going to read all these books. and I'm going to do all these videos and I'm going to do all this, that. And then my mind is going a hundred miles an hour, like cranking out all these memories and thoughts and trying to analyze everything. And I was so mentally exhausted that by the, by the time the next week came, I almost had nothing left for like another session. And so I had right. to kind of learn how to kind of take a break in between and give my brain and my emotions a rest. And whereas you, you know, you you kind of started out where you were going to therapy and then just pretty much, you know, not deal with it for a week and then go back. But then you learn to kind of have that, that uh, happy medium of, you know, of, of, of working through something in therapy and then still working on your healing throughout the week. So I think, I think that's kind of a neat, you know, way that we all kind of approach therapy and working with a, a professional in different ways, just based on, you know, a lot of different factors. Yeah, and I love that. I love that you brought it up because I think um, as humans, you know, we just compare all the time. And, um, and yeah, we compare how we're doing therapy and, oh, you know, is your therapy different than mine and should I be doing it that way? Just like with trauma, um, I rarely, I, I mean, I don't think I ever really publicly talk about specifically what happened to me. Because I think we tend to compare. So if I, you know, would say exactly what happened to me, you know, my, my fear is just by human nature that someone would say, well, I didn't go through anything like that. So what, what's the matter with me and how come I can't be- get better? And, you know, and so we start to doubt ourselves. And I think the same is true with, with therapy. You know, I think if you're, if you're, um, a trauma survivor and you are getting help and something resonates with you, that's the kind of trauma you should do. I mean, I really, really believe that because there's just so many different kinds of trauma or or therapy and try it this way. And for me, a lot of times, um, because I would dissociate so much, I could do all kinds of things and they just weren't working because, you know, it just didn't fit with my, maybe my personality and how, to, how I'm hardwired, I think. I don't know. 
I don't have the answers to that, but I like how you brought brought up how you know your your healing is was different than mine, but yet very similar, you know, how we went about it. And I always say to people, you know, you go to therapy, you have your sessions, but really the work is when you're at home. That's when you got to go, oh, okay, well, now I have to face this and I have to process this and I have to learn this and, oh my gosh, I'm in so much distress. What do I do? And just, uh, it's, uh, it's such hard work, isn't it? It is full-time work to heal from trauma, I think. It is incredibly hard work. It's, it is, it is emotionally draining. It's frustrating. It, you know, I mean, it can drive you nuts at times. And then other times you're inspired and excited because you made a breakthrough or you had a light bulb moment, you know, um, as I, as I like to call them, but you're right. I mean, sitting in the, the safety of the um, office of your helping professional, your therapist, your counselor, your coach, and, you know, you're talking about things and you're working through worksheets and workbooks and you're, and you're having breakthroughs and you're, you know, but you're in, you're in a safe place. But when you leave that office and you're out in the world or you're at home and you have to work through these things and think about these things and try and remember what you, you know, what you learned and, it's incredibly difficult. It is. And it's frustrating and intimidating. And sometimes, you know, you, you even have setbacks when you're outside of the office and you're like, my God, I can't yep. do this by myself. And yep. then you go back yep. and, you know, and you tell your therapist or whoever, and you're like, I can tell you, Alexis, I used to go into my therapist and I'd be like, you know, Jay, I suck at this. Like, I cannot do this. This is too hard. I'm too exhausted. You know, you know, why can't I do this? And, you know, why can't I have breakthroughs at home when I have here? And, you know, we would talk through it. But it was really a lot of going in there for a long time, just completely frustrated because I wasn't getting the breakthroughs and I was having more emotional problems outside of therapy than I was in there. But And as time went on, that kind of changed a little bit because I was able to give myself a break and to understand what you know the therapy was trying to teach me and, and the tools that I was you know learning and using is and, and, you know, something that we'll get in here in a minute, uh, excuse me, and something that we'll get into here in a minute with you. Um, mm-hmm. The tools that that I started to learn and, and and the strategies really started to help. But until I put those in play and gave myself a break at times and understood what was going on, it was incredibly frustrating. And I mean, I I tell you, I spent a lot of times leaving therapy more more depressed than when I got there. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Oh yeah, that is so so true. Just that, and and it's just weird existence, isn't it? Because you know, we hang out with people who don't go to therapy all the time. And um, I mean, for me, I mean, at, at the worst of it, I was in therapy about five days a week, and then I would step down. But that wasn't normal. But it was my normal. My it was it was like this new normal for my for myself and my family. But I went from you know, being the breadwinner of the family and having this great job and these fringe benefits to really very dependent on my family and my therapist. And just sometimes it felt like just um, between therapy sessions, I would be just white knuckling through it until it wasn't like that. And it wasn't, and it wasn't this all of a sudden one day I walked into therapy and oh my God, look, I've got this handled now. It was a very slow, slow and, um, and not linear process for sure. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing about mine was linear or fast. It was all over yeah. the place and up and down. And you know, half the time I had no idea what was going on and it was all I could do to get through until the next session. And, you know, I was going at the most twice a week. Um, and you know, I would go on like a Tuesday and a Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Oh my God. Like by the time Monday got there, I was just, I was, I was oftentimes fit to be tied, but yeah. Um, but you know, as you said, as you slowly work through it and start to and, and start to utilize the tools and strategies and understand what's happening to you and why, then you start to get a little more confident. Give yourself a break. You start to be able to put in place the things that you're learning, and you see that the progress you're making. And then once you be, begin to see that progress, that's when you know the healing can really start to take off because you can you you can embrace all the good that that you're doing for yourself and not always live in the emotional traumatic moment of what you're trying to work through. So, um, absolutely. And so when you started to, to kind of gain your footing, so to speak, or maybe gain your sea legs and, and you started to work through some of, you know, the trauma and the, and the uh, triggers throughout the week, what sort of tools and strategies did you use to kind of help yourself through that? Well, I think the one thing, well, there's so many things I, I love that I feel like visually, I feel like I have this overflowing toolbox. It, it wasn't always like that, but now I do. But I think um, one of the things I had to learn to do was to reach out for support because I was the kind of person I had these masks on all the time. I'm so happy. I'm so fine. We don't ever have to talk about me. We can always talk about you. So one of the main things I had to learn, um, a tool I had to learn, was to reach out to my family um, and friends who who were safe. Um, and so that was one of the tools I had to learn. And part of that was learning to be vulnerable and my authentic self, to reach out and be able to say, oh, I'm having a really bad day, which, oh, I mean, even saying that right now, I kind of, uh, you know, oh. You know, I hate saying that. It just doesn't come naturally. But I had to learn that, and I feel like I've learned it really well, and um, so I have a good support system. So that was one of the tools. Um, I make sure I I did things for distraction. Um, You know, I felt really guilty, like, you know, should I turn on the TV or is that being really lazy? But sometimes I would turn on the TV and just watch something very comedic and, and just, just so my brain could have a break. Um, I would get outside. I would exercise, you know, I, I um, even if it meant just taking a little walk or even if it meant just breathing in some air, um, I would do things like coloring and drawing, um, which was huge. Um, and the biggest, the biggest tool in my toolbox uh, was writing and really my therapist, when I first started seeing him, he had gone to a uh, a conference on PTSD, and he had heard one of the speakers was saying, because in therapy, they're always telling you to journal, 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 and I hated journaling. I didn't, I didn't like it because I would just get so emotional, and it would be these terrible things, and I would rip up the paper, and it was all this drama that I'd feel just so terrible, um, but I understood why that would be a tool. So my therapist, he had gone to a conference and the speaker had said that uh, typing on a keyboard is very similar to bilateral stimulation. And oftentimes um, people can 
journal and not be so overwhelmed by the emotion because they're using that bilateral stimulation. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I took what he said to heart and I went home and so I started writing on the keyboard and journaling on the keyboard and that's what started um, my passion for writing. Um, so that was a huge, huge tool in, in my toolbox for sure. And I also had to learn to just know one of the tools that I had to learn, and it just sounds kind of counterintuitive, was that sometimes I'm just not going to be okay. I mean, that's the effect of my trauma. And so I need to find a way to ground myself when I'm not okay. I need to find a way to ground myself, whether that's touching a wall or just sitting down um, or, you know, just anything to, to stay in the present and to stay in real time. I think those are basically my, my main tools. How you doing, my friend? This is Matt, your host right here on Beyond Your Past, a podcast all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. If you enjoy these shows, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I would so appreciate it. Feel free also to contact me anytime. You can do so via my website, beyondyourpast.com. I'd love to hear from you. And now let's get back to the show. Talk about having an overflowing toolbox. I love it. Isn't that so cool? Like, you know, there's when you first start out work, working through your, your, your trauma and you hear someone mention like, you know, having a, a survivor toolbox, as I like to call it, or, you know, a healing toolbox mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. And you hear people say, you know, you know, I have all these skills to go in my, in my toolbox or, or, you know, my skills box. And I, I used to think I have no skills at all. Like I have no tools, like mine is empty and you know it, it's mm-hmm. never going to get filled up. But as you mentioned over time, you know, you know, you have things like um, reaching out for support and, you know, um, engaging with safe people and using distractions uh, like watching television or reading a book, exercising, mm-hmm. coloring, artwork, writing, um, bilateral stimulation, which for those that aren't familiar with it, um, typing is a great way. And you're right. It is because uh, bilateral st- stimulation is simply just, you know, a rhythmic left and right pattern that that you can follow with. And typing, of mm-hmm. course, is, is, you know, you're using both hands. So that's a great reason why, why writing and journaling is, is, is such a helpful thing. And of course, grounding yourself and realize, realizing that sometimes it's okay to not be okay. Like those are all just incredible things. And I think what's important about having so many skills in your, in your, in your toolbox is that sometimes some of them aren't going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. sometimes you'll sit there and you'll be like, I cannot write for anything today. Writing sucks. I can't do it. It's terrible. So I'm going to go and color or, you know, someday, Oh my God, coloring sucks. I can't do it. I'm going to go for a walk. And you always have something as a backup because not, you know, uh, one thing that I learned is not everything works all the time, right? Like sometimes you just got to kind of go a different direction to try and ground yourself to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. And I had to learn because I really had this all or nothing attitude. It's like, Oh my, I'm just having such a bad day. And then I had to kind of say to myself, there's 24 hours in a day. Let's, you know, what's not perfect about this particular moment? Well, this particular moment kind of sucks and it does, but then it's like, oh, but I'm recognizing it. You know, you just start playing those little tricks where all of a sudden you can look back and go, oh, wow, you know what? I heard a bird sing today. There's really not nothing perfect about that unless you're triggered by birds, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? You know, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's something that's not triggering, 
then there's usually some moments in a 24-hour period that you do have some relief, and then you just learn to breathe in those moments, I think. What what a great, um, you know, thing to uh, to be able to embrace, and that is working through black and white thinking or uh, extreme thinking or all or nothing thinking, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, trying to work through and understand that, I mean, it took me a long time. And honestly, sometimes I still have issues with it where I'm like, if my day started out bad, well, then like the whole day just went to hell in a handbasket and I'm screwed. Nothing's mm-hmm. going to go right. You know, I might as well just give up, go to bed and try again tomorrow. But, and of course yep. that, that is your all or nothing black and white thinking. But when you can say, you know what, this moment really stunk. It wasn't good. Something didn't go right, whatever. But an hour from now, it, it doesn't have to be that same way. I can, I, I can take steps to put that behind me and embrace something good, something peaceful, something grounding, something relaxing, something that I enjoy, anything to get my mind off of that and move forward, which of course is a form of distraction. And, you know, one, one thing that is important to always remember is that, you know, uh, distraction is not a bad thing. I mean, now if you distract it and never deal with, with whatever the issue was, then yeah, you, you can get a little bit of a, of an unhealthy situation there, but using distraction in a healthy way and understanding that something's going on, it's not going right. I had a bad day, a bad meeting, an argument with my spouse, whatever, but mm-hmm. now I, I'm going to go clear my mind. I'm going to release the anxiety and the stress and come back and do something else. I mean, that, that is healthy and extremely helpful and in my opinion, necessary to help heal. Yeah, I agree. I agree because while we can just get mired down in, 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 in the reality of how difficult it is to a work through the trauma, b even, I mean, you're working through trauma because you had trauma, and those two things in itself are are, ah, you know, they're just it's overwhelming. So yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, I think. Having any, just having anything you can hold on to, even if it changes every day, is is just so important for healing, and um and and to take uh try to take the judgment out of it, you know. Oh my goodness, yes! Give yourself a break, right? <laughs> Sometimes yeah, it's okay yeah, to sure. not be okay once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm going to admit freely to you that I am so much harder on myself than I would be with anybody. It's really easy for me to say, oh, give yourself a break, you know, and, and be saying this here with you. And then I am the hardest on myself. I mean, just full disclosure, um, it, it, there are some days that I'm just like, what is the matter with you? Just get it together. And um, and then, you know, after a while, the hope is that I go, geez, give yourself a break. But um, it still doesn't come naturally to me. I, I will fully admit that. Or should I admit that? I don't know. You can edit that or not. <laughs> no, no, no. I am going to I'm going to leave that in because I am the exact same way. And I think it's it's very common for us to be so much harder on ourselves than than on other people. And, you know, yeah. that's a big part of healing is is being a friend to yourself and being kind to yourself and being like, you know, if we actually take pause and take a minute 
and see how we react towards other people. You know, we're, we're kind, we're compassionate. We are, we are excited when somebody has a breakthrough, you know, we are honored to be on a survivor journey and we, you know, preach and, and implore patience and kindness and compassion and all these things. But yet we turn around and, and, and just beat ourselves up like left and right. And if we actually yeah. take a minute and pause and be like, you know, if I actually talk to myself the way that, 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 that I talk to other people, I might actually give myself a break once in a while and it might actually be healthy. And, you know, conversely, yeah. if I talk to other people the way that I talk to myself, I would have no friends. <laughs> I would have Absolutely. nobody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that that's a human condition, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It has to be. Because if it too. isn't, then you and I are the only ones on the planet. And, and I'm pretty sure that's not the case. So <laughs> I, I think you're right. <laughs> So, so, so let's kind of talk about your books a little bit here, because I want to make sure that we, that we get to that. Um, the books that you have co-authored, maybe give us a little background on what inspired you to write those and, you know, just kind of um, anything that you want to share in terms of how um, people can also get a hold of them as well. I, I never wrote anything before. I mean, in my career, I, you know, I wrote some newsletters and I wrote ad copy and stuff like that. But when I started writing, um, you know, I just started journaling and, you know, PTSD is, is an invisible illness often. I, I think it's just mental illnesses can be very invisible. And um, I had a friend who came up to me one day and said, I just really want to know how it feels you know, for you to have PTSD and act, because I just want to help you. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. It was just breakfast. And I went home and I had written this poem and, um, and I wrote it on this piece of paper and I knew I was going to see her a month later because we have monthly breakfast. And so, you know, I squirreled it away in my purse. And then the next month when we met, I, you know, I unfolded this piece of paper and gave it to her and she read this poem and, um, and it was called my PTSD and she got tears in her eyes and she said, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You should write and ha, huh, whatever. But then I started sharing that poem with other people and I kind of got the same feedback. And so I had a friend who um, is a watercolor artist and she said, we should do a book together. And so she would send me this, uh, these paintings and I would have this, these prose just kind of exploding out of my head. So we had written a book together. Um, and then I wrote a couple other inspirational kind of books with people too. Um, and they were, you know, we kind of sold them. We, you know, we had them copied and we had some copies that we would just sell. We had them on Amazon for a little while, but then they came off um, for whatever reasons. But then about two and a half years ago, I found I started really writing down my story, my truth. And all of a sudden, one day, and I would share, you know, I would share what I'd write with my therapist, I would email them to him. And then the next session, we would talk about it. And I really found that what I couldn't say um, out loud, I could really, really write. And I found that I really was writing from a place of uh, how it feels, you know, things like that. And all of a sudden, I found I had written my memoir. It, it was kind of by accident. And I was like, because I was so private, you know, and um, 
I all of a sudden I found I had this book. And uh, at the time, it was over 100,000 words, and I didn't know anything about writing a book except for these little motivational books. And so people started coming into my life and offering to be beta readers, and I started getting a lot of feedback and a lot of help. And the next thing I knew, I had a lot of people come into my life um, and freely helped me develop this book. And so my memoir, Untangled, A Story of Resilience, Courage and Triumph came out about two and a half years ago, and and it's my memoir. And Matt, I am not lying to you. Really, the only person who knew my story was my therapist. And all of a sudden, I had this book. And so, I said to my family, "I have this book. I want you to read it first. If you don't want me to release it, I won't." This is my husband and children. I was talking to, and. So really, they kind of found out at the same time about my past. Like, I would tell them little things, and, and, you know, I mean, they knew some things, but really the detail of some of um, of my past they didn't know because it just, I, I really wanted to, my I was just in such a bad place. I really needed my home to be kind of normal, so we didn't talk about my therapy, and they were taking care of me all the time anyways. So it was always this day-to-day stuff. So anyways, I I released Untangled. And so I went from literally my, the only one knowing about my past was my therapist to, oh, what the heck, I'm going to let the whole world know at once. And so all my friends and, you know, other people started reading my story. And when I released Untangled, it started to sell, and someone said, you have to start a blog in order to sell your books, and I said, okay. I didn't know what that was, but I started a blog called A Tribe Untangled around the same time I released Untangled, and now I blog often, and you know, Untangled seems to have touched a lot of people because um, I, I write my story from a place of feelings. And so Untangled came out two and a half years ago. About a year ago, year and a half ago, people started saying, I need to know what comes next, what comes next. And my answer was always, well, this is next. I'm living the next. And um, people are, were just kind of hounding me a little bit about uh, releasing a new book. And so about five weeks ago, I released my second book called if I could tell you how it feels, my life journey with PTSD. And that's a series of essays and poetry. Um, And that book has just wonderfully, and I'm just so humbled by both of these books, um, by the response for both Untangled and If I Could Tell You How It Feels. They just have been selling, and I've been getting lots and lots of uh, feedback and comments that people can really relate to them or they know somebody who has PTSD and now they understand how that person might be feeling or or really any kind of trauma. Because I always maintain that you can't become an adult without some sort of trauma. Often we don't call it trauma, but, you know, it's still trauma. So those are both my books and they're both available on Amazon and they're both available in both ebook and uh, paperback forms. 
Isn't it just incredible? I'm sitting here listening to you share how this all came together, and I'm I'm just shaking my head, and I'm so I'm so excited for you as I'm looking at both of these on Amazon. Which, if you go to Amazon and just type in your name, Alexis Rose, you'll see both of them. They're right there at the top, and I'll be sure and put the links in the show notes and in the blog posts and all that stuff. But um, it's just such an and it's so incredible the way that um, you know everything came together and how your, 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 your memoir just kind of happened without you even realizing it. And then people came into your life and, you know, she, you know, um, I showed you how to make a blog and, you know, showed you how to get it all together mm-hmm. to be, to, to publish it on Amazon. And the way that, that, you know, the people that have read it, I'm sure it's, it's touched their lives. I mean, both your books have five-star reviews. It's incredible. Um, and I'm just, I'm happy that you were able to get your story out there because, you're right. Something that, that you said was key um, as we start to wrap up the show today, writing with feeling, my God, like that is where you connect with people. And you mentioned about how nobody knew your, your, your story except your therapist. And when I first started blogging uh, for uh, surviving my past, you know, when I first started writing, nobody knew my story except me and, and my therapist. And I started writing and the power of sharing your story, my God, like I cannot say it enough. I preach it all the time. When you when, when you become vulnerable and open and share your story and just be like, hey, this happened to me. I'm not ashamed. I'm healing. I'm a work in progress. This is my story. People resonate with it and people get behind you and they rally behind you and they support you. And man, there there is nothing more amazing in a healing journey than to have people who have your back and support you and cheer you on and want to read more. And, you know, I mean, as you've, you know, found out with your second book here that was just released and, um, you know, as so many bloggers and authors who have found out when, when you share your story, the healing that just, I mean, it takes off in ways that you never even imagined. It really does. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I love blogging. I, 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 you know, I blogged again this morning. I, I love the way blogging connects people all around the world, even if you're just a recipe blogger, you know, I consider myself, you know, a mental health blogger and just connecting with people like that. I mean, because we are all just human after all, and we all have the same feelings, you know, not the same time, but feelings are feelings. And yeah, I just, I love the blogging world and I really have to thank the blogging world. I mean, they're, um, you know, and most of the people who buy my book, I'm sure. And just as the word spread. So yeah, it's, it's just an awesome way to communicate. And I never thought I would be saying that because that was a world that was really foreign to me, but man, it's a good way to get support for sure. For sure. It absolutely is being able to share your story as a blogger, uh, you know, somebody who writes poems, somebody who does podcasts, any way that you can get your story out there when you're ready to do it. It just, it, it speeds up your healing in ways that, that, that you really can't even imagine until you actually get to a point where, where you can do it. And people told me the same thing. And I mean, now I, I, I was a writer for a long time, writing for like sports blogs and that kind of stuff. But when I started sharing my story, it was just, it's something that, that, you know, that, that feeling I never get tired of that connecting with people and, and, and feeling this, this whole kind of uh, family or a camaraderie in a healing journey and every, everybody reaching out and saying, yes, I feel that way. And, you know, I know what you mean. And, and, you know, I've been there and I've done that. And that's just, there's nothing more important than, you know, community when you're trying to heal, because having a support yeah. system, whether it's around you, you know, physically or online, 
you know, all the more support that you can muster and, you know, and also give to other people, the better. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Alexis, this has been incredible. It's been an awesome podcast. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Why don't we wrap it up? You can tell everybody where to find your blog again, where, where to find your books and any kind of last minute words that you want to share. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Yes. My blog is uh, tribeuntangled.com. Um, so you can find my blog there and um, you can get both untangled and if I could tell you how it feels on Amazon um, and uh, on my blog, there's always links to, to Amazon too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've got as far as how to find me. Awesome. Alexis, this has been great. As I said, I can't wait to do it again. I would love to have you back on the show and we and we can dive into some more of your books and some more of your healing and the strategies that we, that we touched on a little bit here in a future episode, if you're down for it. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Oh, that would make me so excited. So happy. That would be awesome, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.